Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. A memorable and an honorable life that is revered is a life of sacrifice. You know, we tend to not remember or honor a person who is very selfish or maybe cowardly. This past week in South Korea, it marked one year anniversary or commemoration of the Seoul Ferry disaster. And on April 16, 2014, the ferry was carrying 476 people, mostly secondary school students from a high school in Ansan City. The majority of crew members and the captain of the ship instructed the passengers to stay put as the boat was tilting. And the boat went under or capsized within maybe two to three hours. And as they were rescuing themselves, the captains and, and also uh, the crew members, they did not change the order for the passengers. And as you look at the picture over here, here's a captain fleeing his own boat, one of the very first one to be rescued. On that fateful day, a total number of 304 people died, and majority of them were school students. And if you go to the picture before, there's a memorial wall that was dedicated to these uh, young people, and over uh, 300 died and perished on that boat, sinking, uh, sunk and, and drowning on that morning. And as captains and most crew members were saving their own selves in abandoning ship, there were three part-time crew members who are remembered as heroes. Two of the heroes were both 28-year-olds, an engaged couple, and you'll see the picture on my right. And, and uh, these two crew members stayed till last until there's few more people were rescued. And the other hero was a youngest crew member named Park Ji Young, and she was only 22 years old. And it was reported that she assisted, assisted in helping teenagers wear life jackets, and escaped the ferry, and she even gave up her own life jacket for another. And the other rescued teenager strongly encouraged her to join them to the rescue boat, but Park repeatedly told the children, after saving you, I will get out. The crew goes out last. Another account, one survivor confirmed that Park pushed shocked passenger toward the exit even when the water was up to her chest. One article wrote of her this way, she gave, up her, she gave up her life to help save some young people. That's sanding and lining at the same time. It's lining because it shows that there are truly good people in the world. It's sad, not because she died, but because she won't be remembered for nearly as long as the captain who was a coward. And as we think about the two contrasts, a captain who was fleeing his own boat and being the first person to be rescued... And the other extreme, here's this one young 22 teenage, or I'm sorry, 22-year-old uh, uh, crew member uh, sacrificing her life for the sake of those who are on the boat. And, you know, sacrificial heroes are always remembered and honored in a very powerful way. As we uh, think of this tra tragedy, uh, Park is now in the National Cemetery, honored as martyr in South Korea. And everyone remembers her heroism and, and also her courage. And as we think about this incident, I believe, as we think about the spiritual aspects of our lives, Park 
greater was a sacrifice that occurred around 2,000 years ago. And this man also died in saving others, not just few, not just many, but in saving the whole entire world. And his name is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the Word of God records in Romans chapter 5 and verse 6, and it's, on, it's in the screen as well. The Bible says, For when you are yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. You see, when we weren't able to save ourselves, Jesus Christ came down and he died for us. He took our place. He was nailed on that cross and he bled and he died and, and uh, he did it for us. And the Bible says in verse 7, giving an analogy, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. It's hard to die for another good man. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes in every way uh, we could hesitate. And I think all of us could agree that maybe you would die for your own spouse. And that love is connected very strong. But how about a member of Bible Baptist Church? Would you be able to give up your own life for somebody in this room this morning? And they're good people here. And that's what the Bible is saying. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. And then yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. And as we think about this analogy, you know, uh, Jesus Christ who is our Savior and who is perfect, and who is holy, and who is sinless, he didn't die for the righteous. He died for sinners. And as we think about our own lives, you know, uh, I think it would be very hard for us to die for Charles Manson. <laughs> to give up our own lives for this uh, man who is a murderer, who is a psychopath. And who has no, uh, uh, I guess, uh, 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 conscience at all concerning what he has done. I think it would be very hard for us to Die for somebody like that. And that was the same degree as Jesus Christ looked down upon this earth. And, and as he died for us, he was dying for sinners. And all of us could really say we are the chiefest of all sinners. And we know our own selves and our own sinful nature and, and how uh, uh, dirty we are within our hearts and how our dirty our minds can be. And, and uh, we know that we're sinners and, and we know that we are wicked in our own nature. And, but Jesus Christ died for the ungodly. And the Bible says in verse 8, continuing on, Romans chapter 5, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see, our Savior became a sacrifice so that we may have salvation, our sins, so that our sins can be cleansed and so that our lives can be justified and be declared innocent and our eternity will be secured in heaven and not hell. And what a great sacrifice this was and what a great hero that we have. And and this is why even after 2,000 years, Christ is remembered today. Why? Because he made the ultimate sacrifice for sinners. As Christians this morning, as Christ sacrificed, I believe that we are to do the same. We are to sacrifice, not just for men and people here in this room, but I believe we need to sacrifice for our God. We need to become a living sacrifice. That's what the Bible is talking about here. A living sacrifice. As we are living in this world, we're dying to self, and, and we are giving ourselves to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
It's good to sacrifice it for another. And, and uh, uh, we'll talk about charity tonight on the Sunday night message. And we're going to hit 1 Corinthians 13. And it's great that we get to get to the poor. It's great that maybe uh, uh, we get to help out one another. But I believe the greater goal is to serve our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and also to love him. And that is the greater purpose, and also to sacrifice for him. And you might be thinking, no one notices, but there's one person that notices, and his name is Jesus. And that's all that matters. And we need to sacrifice for our Savior. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, let us make sure that we become a living sacrifice. What does the Lord expect us from a, as a living sacrifice today? I'd like to share with you three spiritual expectations that God encourages us with as, a living, as living sacrifices today. Number one, a living sacrifice is to respond in holiness. It's to respond in holiness in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. And the Bible says, what is the next word there? Holy. Let's say it together. Holy. What is acceptable to the Lord? Holiness. That is acceptable to our Savior. Notice that a living, a holy life comes from an encouragement of one source. The Bible says the mercies of God. He says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Why? Because of the mercies of God. What is mercy? It's withholding judgment or punishment of, uh, 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 I'm sorry, uh, it's withholding judgment or punishment that we deserve. That's what mercy is. Now, grace is receiving something that we don't deserve. And God always gives us mercy first. And then he gives us grace. And as we think about the judgment and punishment that we really deserve, and you might question, what is that? Well, the answer to that is hell, the lake of fire. That's what we really deserve as sinners. The Bible says very clearly in John 3, verse 18, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. So we are as guilty as sinners, and sinners are condemned to go to the lake of fire. But God had mercy on us, and God had mercy on you. And we, he withheld that judgment and wrath from you so that you may receive grace, which is heaven, and the gift of eternal life. And thank God for God's mercy, God's people say. And we're not on our way to the lake of fire anymore, but we have this grace, we have eternal life waiting for us. What a wonderful gift that is. But we must first consider the mercies of God. You see, before we die, God has mercy on us so that we may be saved. And, uh, you know, many people, I think about my own life, you know, I was 18 years old, I'm sorry, 19 years old when I received Christ as my personal Savior. And it could have been that I died before that time and received that judgment or wrath. But God withheld that judgment, okay, that death from me going to the lake of fire during that time from maybe infant age all the way up to 18 years old because of God's mercy. And uh, that's the same thing with all of us. 
So God's mercy is given to us so that we may be saved even during this lifetime. I love what the Bible says in Lamentation 3, verse 22, down to verse 23. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And uh, every time uh, uh, maybe a sinner wakes up and uh, lives out our daily life, you know, uh, that person who is not saved, they need to consider the mercy of God because his mercy is new every morning. And that's what we receive before we are saved. Now, even after we are saved, we have the mercy of God and also we have the grace of God now as well. And what a great, wonderful uh, blessing that is. But let us recognize that today. In First Chronicles 16, verse 34, the Bible also says, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endure it forever. And how grateful we should be that we have God's mercy, not just for a day, not just for a week, not just for a month, but for eternity. And God's mercy endure it forever. So as we have his mercy, now receiving the lake of fire, in this earth, journey, we need to respond not in sin, but in holiness. And that's what the Apostle Paul is talking about. And he's talking about the great, wonderful uh, plan of salvation in Romans chapter 9 and 10 and 11. And he talks about the Gentiles and the Israelites. And then after he finishes the uh, 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 great uh, plan of salvation and also the studies of it, and uh, uh, he goes into Romans chapter 12 and he says, by the mercies of God now, as you have received this mercy, Now, you need to not live for sin. You need to live in holiness. Be a living sacrifice in that manner. Oh, the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1. By the way, before I read this, you know, God did not die on the cross so that we may be worse than sin. No, God died on that cross so that we may be forgiven and also live after a new life in the image of God. You see, the image of God was lost in our lives when sin entered into our lives. And, but Jesus Christ died on the cross, and we received the Holy Spirit, and our spirit is revived, and is quickened, and then we have that fellowship, and that uh, 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 wonderful relationship with our God now, and also, now the image of God is restored, and he wants us to be more like him, and that's why the Bible says that we need to be uh, 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 in knowledge of the fact that all things work together for good to them that are called according to his purpose. And then the next verse says that we are uh, predestined to conform to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Okay? So when we go to heaven, we'll have that perfection of beauty after the image of God. That is restored fully now. But in this earthly time, God wants us to keep on having us in that same goal as well. As Christians, as born-again believers, we do not need to be more like the world, God's people say. We need to be more like Jesus Christ. Okay. In the first Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16, the Bible says, But as he which had called you is holy, be holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. You see, God has given us an opportunity to be more like him. And yes, this takes sacrifice. Our own will, our own selfishness uh, uh, needs to uh, be crucified on the cross. And, and we need to not live for the flesh and sins. And we need to die to our flesh, even the temptation that surrounds us. And let us all be living sacrifice to live holy. The easy thing is to live like the world. That is the easy way out. 
and uh, to talk like the world, to behave like the world, and even to respond like the world, and even pattern our lives after the world, and, and you could go to your workplace and be just like other fellow employees, but how about this? Why don't you become more like Jesus Christ? Why don't you shine the Lord Jesus Christ in your workplace with the right speech and with the right jokes and, and with the right respond and, and uh, not quick to anger but uh, slow in wrath and, and also being long-suffering and kind. Why don't you become more like Jesus in your workplace, my friend? But let's also go to the home. Why don't we be more like Jesus in the home as well? Why don't we have little heaven on earth and have holiness in our home? Talk the right way and, and treat your children the right, uh, with the right uh, uh, attitude and with the right spirit. And, uh, and also spouses getting along with each other. And, and your marriage is a great uh, beauty of the church and the Lord Jesus Christ. And do not mar that by having fights all the time and having uh, 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 maybe arguments all the time and, 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 and ladies not obeying or submitting to their own husbands and also men not loving their wives uh, 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 with sacrifice as they should. Uh, I want to encourage you to have holiness in your home so that uh, God's glory might be manifested, so that God's wonderful uh, holiness will shine in this wicked and perverse world. And I want to encourage you to be a living sacrifice everywhere you go. And we need to die to self, we need to die to the world, and we need to respond in holiness because we have received this wonderful mercy. What we truly deserve is a lake of fire. Now we are escaped from that by God's wonderful mercy and grace. Now what do we do? We've got to respond in holiness, be grateful, and take after the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. So with that, not, not only a living sacrifice, a reasonable service, but also, I'm sorry, uh, uh, holiness, respond in holiness. The second point is a living sacrifice, a reasonable service. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You know, to be a living sacrifice is a reasonable service, the Bible says. Why? First, the mercy of God, as we talked about before. But second, our body is of the Lord. Our body is of the Lord. Notice how Paul mentions the body. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Present your bodies as living sacrifice. You know, he could have easily mentioned soul and the spirit and your minds, but the Bible says your body. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20, What? Knowing not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye, ye are bought with the price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You see, when God saved us, God saved all of us, Okay? He saved our soul and spirit and our body. Our body will, ha- will be glorified one day. Okay. And uh, I don't know what we'll look like, but it'll be glorified. Okay. And it'll look better than what we have here. And our body, in every way, uh, 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 if, if Jesus Christ here is his coming, if you were to die and, and uh, be buried in the grave, the Bible says that there'll be the resurrection of the dead. Okay. And uh, we'll have the glorified body. 
and we thank God for that. And, and as we think about that eternal state, let us think about our bodies today. You know, Jesus Christ died for our bodies as well. He wants our bodies to be sanctified. He wants our bodies to be pure. He wants our bodies to be godly. And it is a reasonable service to give our bodies to him. Our Savior gave his body as well. It was his body that God took pleasure in removing of sin. Look at Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 6 down to to verse 10. The Bible says, In burnt offering sacrifices for sin thou hast no pleasure. Then I said, Lo, I come, and the volume of the book is written of me. To do thy will, O God, above when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offering and offering for sin thou wouldest not, neither has that pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. You see, God never took the full pleasure in seeing, uh, you know, uh, the bees and the, uh, the doves being sacrificed. Yes, he took pleasure in the burnt sacrifices and as he pictured the Lord Jesus Christ, but it wasn't a full atonement for the sins of mankind. And the greatest pleasure of sacrifice he took was in was on the cross when Jesus Christ died. And that's why in verse 9, they say, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God, talking about Jesus Christ. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second, by the which will we are sanctified to the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. You see, there is no greater sacrifice or better Christ was a perfect sacrifice, the perfect Lamb of God that took away the sins of the world or takes away our sins. And his body was nailed and sacrificed you and I. And it's a reasonable service now for us to do the same, to give our bodies this life to be a sacrifice and use your body for him, ladies and gentlemen. For on earth, his body is no longer here. Did you know that? Our Savior is up in heaven now. His spirit is among us, but we cannot see the spirit. I have not seen the spirit. I don't think any of us here have seen the Holy Spirit, but we know he dwells with us, and we know that he comforts us, but we have not seen him. And Jesus Christ's body is not here anymore, and we have an empty tomb. He resurrected. He ascended up to the right hand of the Father, but he wishes to use his body, which is the what? church. You see, his glorified body, his physical body is not here. He's, it's, it's up in heaven. But he has another body, which is the church. He wants to function through you. He wants to use you as a living sacrifice to love another and also to share the gospel with another and to mentor another Christian and to encourage another Christian and to uh, strengthen another Christian, and maybe uh, in, in every way reach out to other people in the community. And, uh, and ladies and gentlemen, his body is not here, but he does have his church, which is his body as well. And he wants to use the church, and why don't you become a living sacrifice for him and use your body, which is, your, which is a reasonable service for him to see. I like the poem written by Teresa of Avila. This lady lived during Martin Luther time, and she wrote, Christ has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks. Compassion on this world. Yours are the feet which, with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands. Yours are the feet. Yours are the eyes. You're his body. Christ has no body no, now on earth but yours. 
And, uh, you know, as we think about our church, this is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And let us never be ashamed of it. Amen. And let us always do the pleasure and the will of God as his body. That means we need to be a living sacrifice to do that. We need to sacrifice our time sometimes. Maybe extra comfort and leisure and convenience sometimes. And God wants to use everybody in this church. It doesn't matter how old and how young. It doesn't matter how talented or how skilled you are. God wants to use everybody in this church. And, and he is looking for a body to use. And, and he wants to use this church to glorify him. And also to reach out to others. And, and also to uh, shine the love of Christ. Oh, let us not shun them, my friend, by living a selfish life and always looking at our own agenda and maybe our own schedule and our own time. And Oh, let us never do that, my friend. Let us seek a, 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 a sacrifice in our lives. It was not in every way convenient for our Savior to go to the cross, but he did so because it was the will of God. And they gentlemen, sometimes it's not convenient to be faithful in our own understanding. But it is the right thing to do. Why? Because it's the will of God. And it is a reasonable service. There is no argument when you are standing at the judgment seat of Christ and say, Lord, I couldn't serve you because of this. I couldn't serve you because of this emotional things and, and this people. And, and I couldn't serve you because of uh, uh, my uh, uh, inaptability and all these different things. And, and by the way, when you do that, you kind of sound like Moses, don't you? Moses did that. He did that very well, didn't he? But was God's calling still the same, yes or no? It was still the same. Because his calling was not based on Moses. It was based on who? Based on himself. Faithful is he that calleth you who also would do it. He calls and he does it. We just need to respond. And ladies and gentlemen, you know, when we are in front of the judgment seat of Christ and you could have all the excuse of why you couldn't sacrifice, it's not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it. I shared on Wednesday night of that verse, of the parable of the master and the servant. And then Jesus Christ says, hey, you'll say to your master one day, we are unprofitable servants because we have done that which was our duty to do. We have done our duty. We have done uh, all that we can the things that we're supposed to do. And even though we have done that, we're still unprofitable servants. What is it saying? We wish we could have done more. And by the way, you can never serve too much, God's people say. You can never serve too much in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be in balance. And uh, I think about our ministry, and uh, I don't recommend people to take on three to four ministries at one time. And, uh, you know, uh, if sometimes it needs to be, they do it. I thank God for that. And I think about uh, Brother Harry even this morning. We got here at 8 o'clock, ran the bus, and then uh, sat here a little bit for the service. And then he went out to pick up more kids for the youth ministry. And he'll be back at 11 o'clock. And he'll be teaching and with the donuts in his mouth. Amen. And he's trying to eat sometime or some more, <laughs> sometime in the morning. And then uh, uh, he takes some kids home for the youth ministry again. And, and then he comes back night service, and then he comes for the midweek service, and, and uh, you know, uh, he is busy. I thank God for a young man like that, and, uh, and he does a lot, and by the way, he has his own share of trials, and 
he's he's not always you know uh, uh, you know he's not in any in every way perfect either, and he has his own share of trials, and everybody here as well, you know no one's exempt. Everyone has their own share of trials. At the same time, you serve the same God as well, and He is faithful to guide you and help you to be that living sacrifice. Go to that next level to reach the rock that is higher than you. God can help you with that. Oh, do not, do not. Have unbelief, have faith. It's a reasonable service to give our bodies. Number three, a living sacrifice is to be renewed. Is to be renewed. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, to be a living sacrifice is not a one-time deal or ordeal. It's a continual process. You know, we could get easily selfish again, you know, to live for self again, to live for the flesh again. I, how, how can we be easily deceived sometimes? And in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, the Bible says in verse 22 that he put up concerning the formal conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. You see, we must not conform to the world again. We need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And the temptation will always be there for, to, for us to live for self again. And and the uh, temptation of the world is always around us as well. And we need to remind ourselves to be renewed by the Holy Spirit every single day of our lives. Oh, the calling of the world is so loud. And the calling of Satan is so deceitful. But let us be clear of the calling of God. Let us be faithful, being renewed, and knowing which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I forget where I was yesterday and... Uh, forget what store where did I go and uh, oh, I went to Staples and uh, I went to Staples to get some uh, uh, materials for the church and as I went there man they were just you know uh, 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 blurring up 90s music and I grew up in the 90s and I kind of know the 90s music because you know I got saved in 19 and and then uh, man all these songs I used to listen to all the time and then they say, no, I was, I, no, I wasn't dancing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, tapping my foot. Oh, yeah, that's good. You know, and just, you know, everywhere you go, you know, there's always that old reminder of the, you know, the old man. And there's always that temptation all the time. That's why you got to be renewed every single day by the scripture. How shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking either to according to thy word. And uh, we need to meet with the Holy Spirit every single day. We need to read the Word of God every single day. And, and I guarantee you, when you stop becoming a living sacrifice, and, uh, and the reason is because you have somewhat treated uh, a devotion very lightly in your life. Before you stop going sowing, before you stop going to church three times a week, before you stop maybe uh, uh, going to Sunday school or Life Connection, you'll stop, you'll stop having devotion. I guarantee it. You only have maybe twice a week or maybe three times a week. And the next thing you know, you'll stop going sewing. And next thing you know, you'll stop going to service three times a week. And then next thing you know, and, uh, you know, uh, you're not even serving at the, you're not even serving at, serving at the local church. And, and you're not in any way uh, 
fervent as you should be because you have let the scripture, the renewing process in your life. Do not leave the scripture, my friend. Always have it right next to you and, and always read the word of God. And by the way, what a great tech age we live in today. You could have your phone and also the scripture right there. God's people say, don't just use your phone to play games. Don't just use your phone to, you know, chat and do cacao and, uh, or whatever you do. And uh, don't just use the phone for that. Hey, use the phone to read the scripture sometime and, and put the scripture right in front of that uh, main screen or something. And maybe the verse of the day, whatever it might be. Hey, use the tech even in this age to, you know, uh, get yourself closer to the Lord, not further away from the Lord. And I encourage you to, you know, buy an app on your phone, uh, you know, a Bible app. That's going gra- to greatly help you. And those are just practical things, but I just want to encourage you to be renewed. I think about 2 Corinthians 4, 16. For which cause we faint not, faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Renewed day by day. And, uh, and ladies and gentlemen, uh, as we... Uh, uh, think about our lives, you know, the temporary things of this world, always living for the flesh and always living for pleasure. You know, all these things will deteriorate. You know, all these things will, in every way, uh, will be lost as we get older. Or, and uh, also, be, there will be an end to it when we die. But the will of God and uh, the great purpose of God always endures forever. And we know the verse in 1 John chapter 2. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. The world passed away, and the lust thereof. But he that dwelleth the will of God abideth forever. All the things that you're seeking in this temporary world will cease one day. It's going to stop. No more. I think about those students at the ferry. I mean, uh, I, don't know, I don't know if you have ever seen the footage of those young people with their phones and, and uh, capturing, you know, uh, what was going on within the boat. It's like a minute or two, and this one student was having that video captured, and then I think it was sent up cloud, and they were able to retrieve it. And uh, this young man was kind of laughing, and he said, oh, I think we're going to die, huh? We're going to die, huh? And, uh, and these students were just kind of lying down, waiting for other protocols to happen, instructions to happen. But next thing you know, the boat capsized, and, and the water started coming in, and those young people, the 14, 15, 16, 17-year-olds, they all perished within those few hours. They didn't know as they were going on that boat, I'm going to die today. No, they were going to go to the Jeju Island to have some fun, have some pleasure, have some great memorable time with their friends. But they didn't know that the boat would capsize. You see, the outward man will perish one day. We will all die. But the inward man is renewed day by day. I just want to encourage you as Christians, do not live for this world. This doesn't last long. We don't know when it's going to stop. And we, don't, we cannot schedule death either. By the way, when are you, uh, uh, what are, where are you going to go after you die? Where would you go after you die? 
I wonder how many of those young people on that boat is in heaven today. I wonder if their name is written in the book of life. Their outward man might have perished, but if their name is written in the book of life, they're in heaven today with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have never received Jesus, I encourage you to have heaven as your home because you don't know when you're going to die, young people, or even old people. It doesn't matter how old you are. Your outward man will perish by one day where you're going to go. And if you're a Christian today, be renewed, be a living sacrifice, not just on, not just on Sunday, but every single day of your life. Do not forget it. 